Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number one of Revelation chapter 11, and we're going to be reading the first two verses. And it was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood, saying, Rise, and measure the temple of God, and the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court, which is without the temple, leave out, and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now we're still in the interlude of the second woe, the sixth trumpet, and uh, the angel that appeared to the Apostle John in Revelation 10, a mighty angel came down from heaven, having the little book uh, open, having been open in his hand, and commanded John to eat of it. And he did, and it was sweet as honey in his mouth, but in his belly it was bitter. And then the last verse of Revelation 10, verse 11 God commanded, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. And now in chapter 11, the angel stood. Let me read from verse 1 again. There was given me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God in the altar and them that worship therein. Now what God is going to do in Revelation 11 is that he's going to go back and cover the entire church age. He's going to uh, then get into the Great Tribulation period when the two witnesses are slain, and then he will lead back up to Judgment Day and the completion of the second woe, and then the third woe comes quickly, and, and the seventh trumpet sounds. And it just can't be emphasized enough that the book of Revelation is not chronological. We'll get into all kinds of trouble and come up with all sorts of wrong conclusions if we think that the seals or the uh, the trumpets or uh, that that one thing must follow another. When someone says, for instance... Look, uh, I know that six follows five and seven follows, comes after six. And, uh, so how can you try and tell me that things are not progressing in a chronological way? Well, you see, that kind of thinking is not biblical. Yes, it's true. In the world, we have a progression of numbers and and five does come after four, and seven does come after six, and, and things are chronological in a time sequence. We, we like to relate things that way. Well, God does not have to be held to what we think is logical, to what uh, we think is reasonable. God, remember, wrote the Bible with the purpose of hiding truth. And 
God does not, therefore, do things in an orderly fashion to make it easy for the reader to understand. And, and so he, he can do as he pleases from one seal to the next, from one trumpet to the next. We must read the Bible verse by verse and, and allow that verse and that passage and, and the words that, that God has given us to direct us as to where they are to fall in God's overall timetable, in his timeline for history. And here in Revelation 11, what God is doing, first of all, in the first couple of verses, he is going to get into a discussion of the wheat and the tares. He He's going to emphasize that the timeline for history or the timetable for the world is based upon the elect. God is concerned about the elect people that he has chosen and, and history unfolded so that God could save each and every one of his elect. And once he accomplished that, then he would bring judgment day. And, and that's exactly what he has done. And here in uh, verse 1 of Revelation 11, I'm going to begin again at, at the beginning of the verse. And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God. So the reed like unto a rod is used as a measuring tool to measure the temple of God. Now the word Read the Greek word translated as read is also found in Revelation 21 in verses 14 uh, through 17. It's found a couple of times. And here um, we find the thing that is being measured is the temple of God that consists of all that God has saved, the whole company of the elect. In Revelation 21 verse 14 it says, In the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof, and the city lieth foursquare, and the length is as large as the breadth, and he measured the city with the reed. Twelve thousand furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof, a hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is, of the angel. Once again, we, we find that a golden reed is used to measure the city, and the city here in view is the elect. God is measuring his people. And uh, that's exactly what Revelation 11.1 1 is um, talking about, where it says, Rise and measure the temple of God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says in verses 16 and 17, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Now, even clearer than that, 
we read in Ephesians chapter 2, where this can only refer to the elect in Ephesians 2, verses 20 through 22. It says there, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So as God uh, speaks in other places in the scripture that we are living stones, and when he saves someone, it was as though he added a living stone to the house of God. In Hebrews 3, talks of the house of Christ, the house that he built. And then it says, whose house are we? We are that temple. And the one measuring it, um, the Lord Jesus is the angel commanding John to measure the temple of God. And he's to do so with a reed like unto a rod. Now that the word reed again in the third epistle of John in verse 13 is translated another way. It's translated as pen. 3 John verse 13 says, I had many things to write, but I will not with ink and pen write unto thee, or I will not with ink and reed write unto thee. And and there would be probably a small reed or a portion of a reed that they would use in those days and dip in the ink and and then write on their scroll their their letter in this case as John was uh, being moved by God to write the word of God and and that's really what the reed is pointing to it's pointing to the word of God the word of God is that which is to be used as a measuring device in measuring the temple of God now we can understand that in one way that it is through the the declaration of the word of God through the hearing of the word of God that God did save his elect and upon salvation those individuals were added to the temple and therefore it is as though they are being measured in that sense but also this relates to God using his word to reveal to us that he will save all whose names were written in the Lamb's book of life and the whole history of the world uh, revolves around that. Remember what God said in, in Deuteronomy in chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32 in verse 7. Remember the days of old, consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee, thy elders, and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. And that is um, really an unusual statement that God is giving us. And yet it fits in with Revelation 11, verse 1. Measure the temple of God. God's focus, his concern, is on saving those he obligated himself to save 
from the foundation of the world as the Lord Jesus died for their sins. And the whole of history really is God applying that atoning work of the Lord Jesus upon each and every one of those elect in every generation until he found them all and saved them all, which God finally accomplished prior to bringing the close of the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. And and again, Deuteronomy 32, 8 says that the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance when he separated the sons of Adam. He set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel, the, the limits, the bounds of man. It has to do with the number of the children of Israel. That number, which there's a good possibility that God determined to save 200 million, and and uh, whether that's the number or whatever the number is, the opportunity for the door of heaven to be open and the sending forth of the gospel, it had to do with his elect people, and once they were all saved and, and all brought into the kingdom of heaven, then the Lord brought judgment day to pass. Well, let's go back to Revelation 11, and again it says, There was given me a reed like unto a rod. Now the, the reed, again, uh, is the same word translated as pen, in 3 John 13, which relates to the written word, to the word of God. And so, too, does rod relate to uh, the word of God. This word that is uh, translated as rod is the same word that is found in Revelation 19, in verse 15. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And and that's the same word, rod. Well, uh, uh, Revelation 19.15 is quoting from the Old Testament. Actually, the Lord Jesus ruling with a rod of iron is mentioned, I think, at least three times in the book of Revelation. And it's a quote from the Old Testament, and therefore, we have um, an equivalent word. Since God is using a Greek word, translating as rod, quoting from an Old Testament word that means rod, that means we can go back to the Old Testament and look up that word, and we have uh, the equivalent word. It allows us to search that word in the Old Testament, and it helps us to... Uh, define the New Testament word. In Isaiah chapter 11, in Isaiah 11, it says in verse 4, But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Now, In Revelation 19.15, it didn't say the rod of his mouth. It said, out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, 
and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. So the uh, rod is related to the sharp sword that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus. And, of course, that's the word of God. And here in Isaiah 11, 4, it, where it says, He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. It, it expressly states and identifies the rod with the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he obviously is the one that is being referred to. And, and the rod of his mouth or the sharp sword that protrudes from his mouth is the scripture. It is the Bible. The Bible is the rod. In, uh, Micah chapter seven, we read in verse 14, feed thy people with thy rod, the flock of thine heritage. And, we're very interested in these kinds of verses because God has commanded us to feed my sheep. Well, a shepherd has a rod or a staff, and and here God is saying, feed thy people with thy rod. And he is referring to the Lord Jesus in the first instance. Christ will feed his people with his rod. Well, how do you feed someone with a rod? You you can't, literally, but you can if the rod is pointing to the Word of God. You can feed them spiritually with the Word of God. And, and that's the idea in Revelation chapter 11 in verse 1. Again, it says, And there was given me a reed like unto a rod. So both the word reed, which can... Uh, uh, relate to a pen and the rod identify with the word of God and the angel stood saying rise and measure the temple of God and the temple of God again is the body of believers the true believers the elect the wheat they're they're the ones in view and the altar and them that worship therein this is all referring to the true eternal temple. The, the church that, uh, is so often confused, especially by the corporate church, with the earthly congregations. You know, when Jesus made the statement that the gates of hell shall not prevail against his church, he wasn't talking about the Baptists or the Lutheran or the Reformed or the Episcopalian or the Catholic, he was talking about the eternal church that is made up of everyone that God has saved. Every time God saved someone, they were added to the eternal church. They, like a living stone, they became part of the temple of God. And, and yet the Bible also speaks of the the corporate church, and you may find on occasion the word temple used to refer to the corporate church, or house of God used to refer to the corporate church, the temporal church, the church that is church in name. They uh, are Christian, and they they say that they are the people of God. But today, of course, the church age is over. And God has 
none of his people in any church in the world. They're not the true church. Actually, verse 2 of Revelation 11 refers to them, the tares. It says in Revelation 11:2, but the court which is without the temple leave out. Now, we naturally get an image in our minds of the historical temple and the court without, but we should really not think that way. Just think of the temple as the eternal temple, the eternal church, in verse 1. And what is without that eternal temple? Well, that is all those that are not saved. And they can inhabit and populate the churches and congregations of the world, and they do, yet they are not part of the temple, the eternal temple, which is made up again only of those that God has chosen, God has drawn to himself, God has applied the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ, God has given them new born-again souls. The rest, they, they are Christian, they have Bibles, they go to church on Sunday, they may do many religious things, and, and they, they can be knowledgeable about the Bible to some degree, but they are without. They are the ones, for instance, that we read of in Revelation 22, where it says in verse 14, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Now that's, Speaking of the true child of God who enters into that holy, eternal city through salvation. But then in verse 15, For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. That That is, again, uh, every unsaved person. You can have two people standing next to each other. They they can be neighbors. And one is in the city, the holy city, and the other who um, maybe knows the Bible and, and again thinks he's saved is without the city because God is the only one who can bring someone into the glorious holy city of the kingdom of heaven. And so in Revelation 11, 1 and 2, we have the wheat and in verse 1 and the tares in verse 2, the court, which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not. For it is given unto the Gentiles, that is the nations, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. Now here God is specifically bringing a time reference into view, and the 40 and 2 months relates to the Great Tribulation period, and that is the time when the churches, again, the, uh, the word temple, the word house of God, or holy city, they can refer to uh, the spiritual reality, or they can refer to the earthly situation, Jerusalem below. And and here the holy city is the corporate church. Tread underfoot 
42 months as 42 months represents the duration of the great tribulation period the 23 full years or 8400 days from May 21 1988 through May 21 2011 well this is a good overview that god has given us first he uh, really it applies to the wheat and the tares applies to the church age but it does have special application to the end of the church age when god began the process of separating the wheat from the tares and now of course he has completed that process and all of the tares have been bundled for the fire and and the wheat are being gathered in this day of judgment Thanks for joining us for E-Bible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, E-Bible Fellowship's webcast audio or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.